Once you are self-aware, you must make a change. Welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show, where we'll be discussing leadership, business, human potential, inspiring you to live rich from the inside out. Unlock your creativity, stretch out of your comfort zone, break through your barriers, take inspired action, and achieve epic results. Now here's your host, three-time best-selling author, speaker, and certified executive coach, Deborah Kozowski. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Millionaire Woman Show, where we talk about principles of life, leadership, and business, helping you live rich from the inside out. Today, I have a special guest all the way from Germany, and she inspires, motivates, and will be educating you on love and relationships, as well as a diva mindset. Sammy Wonder is a leading international relationship and dating expert who specializes in working with ambitious, high-achieving women, helping them attract lasting romantic love. As a CEO of a thriving seven-figure business, Sammy currently serves a highly engaged global clientele of over 55K of followers across 30 countries. Her clients range from Hollywood celebrity to UK TV stars to CEOs, bankers, lawyers, and doctors, renowned authors, and leading entrepreneurs, and more. To date, Sammy Wonder's company has served over 2,800 premium clients and recorded over 129 client engagements and more than 100 committed relationships in the past three years. She's a leading authority when it comes to dating and relationship as a sought after expert in the media, appearing regular in Business Insider, Forbes, Time Magazines, Glamour, The Daily Mail, The Metro, Cosmopolitan, and much more. She has also been invited often to BBC Radio, Channel 5's TV show, and The Right Stuff. Please welcome Sammy Wonder to the show. Thank you, Deborah. That was a very, very nice and kind introduction. Well, thank you for joining us. I know that, you know, I love that we can reach across time zones and use technology to connect with people and get such rich information. And it also reaffirms that, you know, that the same practices go around all around the world versus, you know, this is a Canadian thing where I'm at and, you know, where you are in Germany that maybe it's a German thing. So, you know, and, and there's so much commonality, yet there still could be some intricate differences that we can learn as we travel and maybe date when traveling. So I'm really excited to jump in about talking about love and relationships. And one of the things that struck me when I was going and reviewing your website and getting to know a little bit about you is you really want to empower women. And I know we have men listening as well. So think about how you can even empower your women in your life to know their self-worth and have that diva mindset. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, absolutely. So I think the word diva is often misunderstood. It's misunderstood for that woman who is uh, all about herself. She's selfish and she's slightly bitchy. And uh, this is the stereotype I desire to break when I work with my clients. So when we say uh, you want to embrace the diva mindset and you want to become a diva in your love life, what we really mean is that you want to be that woman who is soft 
and inviting and kind on the outside and that woman who has strong, solid boundaries on the inside. So a lot of the times, you know, the divas are the women who are strong on the outside, strong on the inside, and that makes it very hard for our men to find that space of um, commonality with us, to approach us, to, to uh, pour love on us, because that, that, that disproportionate amount of strength on the outside can often push a man away because he doesn't know whether he's needed in the relationship or he's not needed. Can he do anything to make you happy or not? And so with my clients, we turn this around and we say your strength should not show up as walls in dating. Mm -hmm. Your strength and your independence should not show up as a guard that you have on in dating, but it should show up as softness on the outside and strength and boundaries on the inside because boundaries are not walls. And a lot of the times we, when we are taking care of ourselves, we are independent, we are we make good money, we drive our own cars, we own our own houses. A lot of the times um, that independence and that strength is very in your face and it's very hard for men to break through that. And so we want to make it easier for our guys to please us, to, to make us happy, to see us happy. And the way I do it is by teaching women how a true diva, not a fake diva, a true diva is one who is inviting, kind, soft on the outside and who has solid steel-like boundaries on the inside so she can indeed say no. She's never finding herself in, in a dormant position when it comes to men. She's never the needy girl. She does need a man in her life or let's say she does desire a man in her life. She wants a man in her life, but she doesn't need a man, right? But all of that is on the inside. It's not what she's projecting on the outside. On the outside, she's warm, she's desirable. She's in her feminine energy, as I like to call it. Mm -hmm. So a couple things strike me is, what, what is it, like when we talk about those walls that men are intimidated by that, empowered woman like what what wall are they putting up projecting that the man is either feeling like he's got no chance or they're just totally intimidated about taking the chance to go ask her out on a date or tell her that he's interested that's a great question so i think a lot of high achieving women so most of my clientele comes to me with this belief that they are intimidating to men. Mm -hmm. And when I ask them, what do you think is so intimidating about you? They tell me it's my success. It's that I can look after myself. And the funny thing is um, I had a very similar attitude towards men when I was single before I started doing this work and then dumped my career as an economist to become a love coach. Um, I, had this, I had the same attitude. And here's what I found in all the work that I did in my own personal life, attracted my husband, and now I have helped over, updated numbers are 175 of my clients are now happily engaged in the last um, four years. So we know we're really, what I'm teaching is really working for the people I'm serving. Mm -hmm. um, what I have found is that men, healthy men, healthy men, not, I mean, there's all kinds of men in the world, right? But I'm talking about the healthy 
guy who is secure in who he who he is, right? That healthy man doesn't care about your achievements. He doesn't care. Now it might really hurt your ego at first because you worked so hard to be who you want to be in life and to get all your achievements and get all your promotions. But here's the thing, in love and romance, a healthy man doesn't choose you because you make a lot of money, doesn't choose you because you're really successful, doesn't choose you because you can speak five languages, doesn't choose you because you've traveled all over the world and held so many conferences and you're, you're a TEDx speaker and you're, you've been on so many stages or you run a seven-figure company. He doesn't choose you because of those things. He chooses you for your heart essence. He chooses you for the person that you are. So this is a hard fact for a lot of successful women to digest because we lead with our achievements. We lead with our success. And then when you say, Sammy, what are those walls? I think that wall is primarily that woman is identifying herself with her success, mm. right? And then when they come to us, we slowly start to disassociate them from, them, from their success. And we say, who are you without your success? Because that's what a man will fall in love with. He will not fall in love with all you have achieved. He's going to fall in love with your giggles, what makes you laugh, what makes you start crying in a movie, or how you love that particular flavor of ice cream. You know, he's going to fall in love with your heart essence. He's not going to fall in love with all you can do and all you can achieve. And so for my smart and successful clients, our biggest um, work is to first start disassociating our identity with our achievements mm -hmm. and start finding ourselves for who we truly are, even if we were to not make a single penny, right? And that's what men fall in love with, our essence. So just to give a quick example from my own life, my husband, when I married him, I wasn't a seven-figure CEO and he didn't care. He was providing for the first two years of the marriage while I was still finishing my master's, doing my consultancy contracts. And then today I out earn him by God knows what. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's never mattered between us because money and success was never the foundation and never the basis of what we share right? We love each other. We love each other for the human beings that we are, for the persons that we are. And I know that tomorrow, if anything were to happen to my company, this man is who I can 100% rely on, right? And so it's not about what someone makes or what someone achieves. It's so much about the heart connection. And that is what romantic love is about. That is where we want to put our focus on. Yeah, absolutely. And the, and the other thing when I'm thinking about that is that ego part, when we really focus on our achievements, we're focused really on, well, do you see me? Do you see how much I've climbed? Um, why aren't you climbing? You know, and they might be using a measuring stick against the man as well, if that's their achievement versus looking for those same things that we see the guys falling in love with, those giggles or the, that laughter or you know, how excited they get when they're eating a new meal or anything like that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think what you're talking about is, is judgment um, of yourself and of your partner. So if you have a really hard measuring yard for yourself, 
you're going to mirror that energy onto your partner. Now, this is not to say that just go marry anyone and, you know, it doesn't matter. He doesn't have a job. He's homeless. He's going to rely on you. This is not what we're saying, right? But what we're saying is, for example, my clients, what is their dilemma? They often um, find themselves out earning the guys and they don't like it. And so I have to go through them, go with them through that questioning process of what do you not like about it? And they say, I don't have, I don't want to be the main provider. And I'm like, what makes you think that because he makes less than you, you have to be the main provider. Where is that thought coming from? Yes. Yeah. Because even now, even though I way out earn my husband, um, he's still an equal partner within the money contribution in the economy. I would say he, he runs the house and pays for things way more than I do. What I often sponsor is our luxuries or lifestyle because that is not something his salary would be able to support, like flying business class or staying in a butler suite with on, in the Bahamas. And that's okay, right? Like that's also why I work so hard to make the money I make. But it, I think we should not associate uh, a man who makes less than us or slightly less than us as not being a valuable or worthy partner because a valuable and worthy partner is the one who looks after you when you're sick, is there for you when you're alone and crying and feeling like a big mess. And uh, it, it, a slight difference in salaries should not be defining somebody's worth. As long as they are self-sufficient, as long as they're not relying on you to provide for them, I think many healthy relationships can still flourish even with the woman out, way out earning the guy. Yeah. And I think it has to do with how secure the man is that you're with right? Because if when you start out earning, they might have some insecurities that start to show up. Um, there could be jealousy as well. So what do you tell women when the person they're dating or their partner starts feeling insecure and not feeling needed anymore? Yeah, I think um, there's, there's two levels of this. One is the pure financial level, which is Oh my God, she makes more than me, so I'm not valuable. Okay, that is an insecurity that a man needs to work through himself. And in that case, I would just tell the woman not to engage with this. I would tell her to say to him, honey, I'm sorry you feel this way. I don't think this way. Um, I don't think you're any less worthy or you're any less amazing as you used to be just because now I start to out earn you. Um, but if this really lasts inside of you, then I would recommend that you go speak with a coach or speak with um, someone who can help you out of this. Because I tell my clients not to coach their own husbands or boyfriends because it yeah. never ends is, well. It never ends well. <laughs> <laughs> it never ends well. Good luck. You probably tried five times, then you come back to me saying, yes, it did not work. So it never works. Um, the second thing is not feeling feeling needed in the relationship. Uh, I think that is something that is a negative, um, that is a side effect of women becoming more uh, empowered and more self-sufficient. Mm -hmm. And then it's about understanding that, you know, understanding that the opposite sex has certain needs in the relationship. And it's, um, it's not about what you can do for the guy. It's about what the guy can do for you. That's what he's going for, right? Mm -hmm. So the man, it is essential for a masculine energy partner in the relationship to feel needed, right? So it doesn't have to be big things. I mean, I can sponsor most things myself. I don't need my husband to buy me anything, right? But 
Um, it's about letting him bring you a tea, saying yes to that. It's about letting him cook you a meal, saying yes to that. So I can still remember a client who said, you know, whenever my boyfriend used to come, he used to say, let's cook because he was, she was out earning him. She was a vice president of a big company and she was out earning him. And he would say, let's cook because he wasn't uh, making as much as she was. And he didn't want to go every night out to eat outside. And she was like, oh, let's go to the restaurant. I'll pay. Mm. And slowly the relationship started to collapse. And when she came to me, she said she was acting out of goodwill. She thought it makes her life easy, his life easy. They don't have to cook. But slowly, slowly, it started to bring in that, ins that feeling inside of him that, you know, she wants to go to a restaurant every single night and I can't afford to give her this, right? So he started to feel emasculated. Whereas what I recommended or I would recommend to a woman in this case is to really understand how men think and that they they really take a lot of pride in being the provider. They really take a lot of pride in being able to make you happy. And so let those opportunities stay with him. Even though you make more money, you don't have to equate everything with, I can pay this, I can pay this, I can pay this. Even though you're coming from a good place, I think it's really important for your partner's self-respect that he's also able to contribute. He's also able to create experiences within the relationship that may not have anything to do with money, but are still valuable experiences. And in that he feels yeah. needed. Yeah. But isn't that truly what it's all about is it's really about being able to share experiences when it comes yes. down to it, that you can have that connection, that conversation and that chemistry. Those three things to me really stand out when it comes to, long-lasting relationships are igniting the spark per se yes absolutely and i think um that's going to be in the awareness of someone who is in their feminine energy and more present but a lot of our clients are high achieving successful they want to move from one thing to the next so they they don't think in terms of conversation, presence, be in the moment, relax, let it go. They think in the moment, they think in terms of what is most efficient. Most efficient is to get out to the restaurant, pay, get the thing done, you know? Yeah. It's like running a business. I can yeah, exactly. Like running the relationship is like running a business in their minds, only that it's not, not at all. Mm -hmm. That's a big shift for people to understand that it's not like running a business, not like working in the organization, that you need to really shift gears and think differently. Absolutely. Creating so, that flow per se, right? Yeah. And it's, I think within a romantic relationship, a lot of high achieving women would need to step back in their feminine because at work we're a lot in our masculine and I am a big lover of masculine energy. I could not have uh, created a seven-figure company serving so many thousands of women across the globe while just leaning back and relaxing in the sun. So it took work and it took action. And at the same time, you know, when I'm with my husband in the evening, sometimes he'll tell me, okay, can, now, can you now just shut the CEO off? Because I'm still in that directional mode and managing mode and problem-solving mode. And then I have to go remember my own work, you know, yes. and I have to let him be that masculine energy partner who can lead, who can give, who can, who wants to please me. And I think men who attract strong women, um, because you have male listeners as well. Um, I think it's about 
handling the force of that woman that you've chosen in your life. Yeah. yeah. And being sometimes also forgiving towards her if she's if she brings that energy of uh, boss and CEO into your relationship. And for me, it's really easy with Chris now after seven years of married life. He just tells me, he says, can you please like sh sh um, shut down your CEO side? Because it's he says it's not very appealing. It's it's OK in a boardroom. Like if we were having a team meeting and five people were together, then it would be silly or out of place for me to be that sweet girl that I am with him. Right. But it is, it is equally inappropriate when I am with him and I am this boss woman, right? So I think it's about what we teach in our work is how women can shift hats and learn to love both energies inside of them. So your masculine is as powerful and amazing as your feminine. But the high achieving woman is often more out of balance um, when it comes to her masculine and she's very much out of touch with her feminine. And so we're looking to balance those energies and helping you to learn how to identify switching the energy as and when it's appropriate. Yeah. It's almost like you have this code word. <laughs> how do you turn it off? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. But I, I think I, women have it by it's so naturally high achieving women just, they're so used to being on the go that they're multitasking so many things, family getting, you know, supper ready, or that's why they want to go out is because that's the last thing they want to think about is that one more thing, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, I think, uh, I mean, I'm a mother as well. And I think in my work, I teach my clients that my husband doesn't shy away from, you know, like right now at seven o'clock, if I'm doing an interview, he's going to put the kid to bed, or he's going to, you know, warm the soup. So I think when you learn how to have that healthy, happy, energetic balance in a relationship, there's no job that is too, too shameful for a man. There is no, uh, no job that is too shameful for a woman. You know, you, you support each other, you balance each other out. And that is the beauty of it. But it requires awareness and it requires a willingness to, yeah. to, to make it work. And I think there's also that part that there's needs to be a, it's the true partnership versus, you know, um, having that expectation that now that I've married you or um, now that I'm dating you, that I, I'm going to call the shots kind of thing. And I, th I think that I, I've heard a number of women talk about, you know, I, I just want a partner. I don't want to feel like, you know, I'm the one who's cooking and cleaning and really going back to some very traditional uh, values and beliefs that doesn't allow some of those high achieving women to expand into who they fully believe they need to be. And I think there is a way out of that. So any woman who finds herself trapped in that kind of arrangement needs to ask herself where her inside boundaries are not strong enough. Because, um, for example, if my partner for an evening interview, if he told me that, sorry, but you have to put the kid to bed and you have to cook because it's evening. And if you have this interview, I don't care. I don't think such a partner would last very long in my case, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah. so I think it's about being able to communicate your boundaries. And it's not just in the relationship. I believe it starts very early on, even in the dating process. Right, that the woman is not the only one standing and cooking. In my work, anyway, dating like a diva doesn't involve women cooking and cooking to impress men. It's men cooking to impress women. It's the opposite dynamic. Um, but I believe that dynamic sets in very early on. Um, mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. right from the dating phase that a woman can show up a certain way within the first three months that is going to set the guy the right expectations for the guys yeah right so what are two things that women can do to start creating those strong boundaries <sighs> number one i think the I could say so much about this, but two things. Okay. Sure. You can so, expand longer, but I thought there's probably several ways, but I, I, I yeah. take two. <laughs> yeah, good. So I think the first thing is have clarity on what works for you and what doesn't. I think so many people date without even knowing what they want. So in our work, when our clients come to us, we make them identify their deal breakers, their non-negotiables, and their minimum standards. And we say, by knowing this, you're not going to be wasting any more time on the wrong guys. Because there could be a lot of good guys who are just not a fit for you, right? And there could be a lot of great women, but sometimes uh, you will not be a fit for the guy that you're seeing, not because you're not great, but because you're just not a fit so I think leading with clarity in dating is super important because you can't, you can't express a boundary that um, you yourself don't know exists. Mm-hmm. So for example, what is your boundary? Some questions to think about. What is your boundary around sex, right? I recommend at least holding out three months. Some amazing women sleep quickly with men because they think it's required of them. And if they don't do that, they lose the guy. And I tell my clients, if you lose the guy, he's better lost, right? Because a guy who's really into you is going to respect that boundary. I mean, um, sex is such an intimate thing and it's totally okay. If you like a woman that you're going to wait till she feels happy and comfortable um, opening herself this way with you, right? So what's your boundary around sex and how would you implement that if you were not afraid of what the men thought? Yeah. What, who, who would you be and how would you show up in dating if you were not afraid that you would be rejected or you would not be afraid of losing the guys? Then number two is what's your boundaries around uh, money, right? Again, a hot topic in dating, who pays? So a lot of my clients say the guy should pay. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's okay. What I'm looking for is personally for me, generosity. Right? I'm not looking for a guy to out-earn me. I'm not looking for a guy to um, uh, sponsor every meal. But what I am looking for is an energy of generosity where he would enjoy paying. He would like to provide, right? And I always ask women, so think about this beforehand, before you step out, what kind of person you would like. A guy who wants to go 50-50 is not a bad guy. He just may not be a match for what you want. And then again, it becomes important to define early on for yourself, what is it that you want? Um, Boundaries around uh, sexual flirting. So for me, that is a big no in my work. You know, if a guy starts off with, we have phone sex and you've not even met him or you've met him one time or two times. I'm like, ew, you know, that doesn't feel good. So anybody who does that kind of behavior is just like a total dropped out, drop like a hot potato in my work, right? But women need to figure this out for themselves. Mm-hmm. And for that, they need to go on work, doing the inner work, as I call it, really doing the que- answering for themselves the questions. Um, so a quick exercise would be, look back at your last five to six dating experiences or even relationships if you've been in those and see what things didn't sit well with you. 
Mm-hmm. What didn't sit well with you is likely an area where a boundary needs to be drawn but has not been drawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, for example, you didn't like the fact that your ex-husband had a lot of female girl, like female friends that he used to go out alone having a beer with. So at least in your next relationship, you know how to express yourself because you've been in that situation before. It didn't feel good and you don't want that to happen again. So I always tell my clients, um, think of situations in the past that have made you unhappy and see if they need you to create a stronger boundary for yourself in the future. And that's a really good exercise to do for yourself. Very practical, easy to do, and very insightful, yeah? In terms of understanding what is it that you really need. Mm -hmm. So those boundaries are really important, and especially um, when breaking toxic relationship patterns so that we don't lead to a place of some of that codependency. So can you tell us how people can first of all, recognize some toxicity, as well as start breaking some of those patterns so that they can actually have the love in their relationship that they want. Okay, so I'm not sure if I want a woman to repair a toxic relationship first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think um, it's a broad term. As an expert, I always get a little shy about commenting on what is toxic what is not toxic because i think sometimes we have your own belief right i mean and we're sometimes we are showing up as toxic Mm -hmm. and that makes the guy toxic right so i can give you some examples um my clients you know um at least my married and in relationship clients because i serve both sets of uh women um you know sometimes they'll come and say he's a narcissist i'm like okay wow okay that's a term that's used very often i don't use it because it needs a clinical diagnosis and i'm not a clinical uh psychologist i'm a love coach um but i'm like okay wow let's investigate why he's a narcissist well because he just thinks about himself okay give me examples well he likes to go still for his bike rides he still likes to play his playstation he doesn't care about my needs he doesn't care about you know uh what i want that i he always wants to watch his tv he doesn't let me watch my TV. And then when you just, you know, there's a lot of generalized statements there, but when you really narrow it down, you start to see that actually nobody's a narcissist here, that the woman is uh, really needing a lot of attention from the guy. She's not able to accept the fact that although he's married to her, he still needs his boy time or cave time or he still want may want to play playstation and him playing playstation unless he's doing it all night and it's in crazy amounts him playing playstation for an hour and relaxing that way doesn't mean he's ignoring you or doesn't mean he doesn't love you even though uh, that's what it may feel like to our systems because we're interpreting the situation in that way right and then when we feel that neediness we start to attack we start to blame we start we start to get toxic in the relationship mm-hmm. right now that is if that is happening i will help my clients learn how to communicate their feelings in a more respectful non-blaming way within the relationship now there could be also the opposite scenario where you have a man who is truly toxic right mm-hmm. and in this case he's going to be hyper controlling 
He's going to tell you every what to do, like what shoes to wear, what dress to wear, who to meet, where to go, when to eat. And he's going to be highly critical of everything that you're doing and saying. And no matter what you do, it never feels good enough. Uh, that scenario is a scenario where a lot of women come to us and then we empower them to stand up for themselves, to say no. And if it, nothing shifts, we ask them to leave. So we help them to leave because uh, I, the last thing I want is a woman working very hard to win such a guy and keep such a relationship. Mm-hmm. Right? And it comes so, back to that self-worth piece, knowing absolutely. that they are worth it and deserving of a relationship that they feel empowered in. And loved by and a guy who loves them and is there for them. And I think um, a lot of the women who tolerate toxic relationships, they've never really experienced healthy role models, male role models, right? So if you had a dad who beat you up, dad who beat his, beat your mom, or dad who was um, always unemployed, never provided for the family, then you will just accept those things as normal in your relationship. So a lot of the times, those of us who don't have healthy role models in males, we don't even know that something better than this, it can exist, right? So we just think, just take and run with whatever has been provided to you, right? And so what we don't do is we don't jolt a client system. Like a woman can come to me and it's very tempting for me to say, you don't, you don't, this guy doesn't deserve you, right? But there's an entire process for her to realize that, mm-hmm. yeah? And so as a coach, I'm going to meet her where she is and then empower her over a period of weeks and months so that she slowly with baby steps starts to find her voice, starts to find her strength, starts to feel good, starts to protect herself, protect her heart. And then gradually, gradually, she herself must come to the conclusion, this is not working for me. So I'm not going to be prescriptive and say, you should do this. You should let go because I think that's really, it doesn't work because for that person, that pain is real. That relationship is real. That attachment is real. And so you have to respect the journey of her finding that decision within herself because then she'll be able to execute it. And that's a beautiful part of the coaching process is that that self-awareness must take place in order for someone to be motivated to make any changes. So it's very powerful. So we've come near the end of our interview, Sammy. This has been incredible. I think we're going to have to have you come back on a second time because we didn't even touch on some of the other questions that I've actually have. But I have a couple questions that I want to ask you. What is one book that has been transformational in your life that really has made a difference in the way you view life, the actions you take, or even how you run your business? I have so many favorites, but if I had to pick one, I would choose The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Um, It's um, been completely transformational in helping me find my inner peace and hold on to my inner peace while I was being a mother and building a very successful company mm-hmm. because I realized that there were days when it was so challenging, the mind chatter, um, you know, some negative comments online, team management, husband, kid crying. I was like, I'm going to go mad. I just never feel good enough or like I, I never feel I can get it right enough. 
-hmm. And that's when I came across his work and just understanding that there is the thing that is happening and then there is your commentary in your head about the thing that is happening and the commentary in your head is what is making you feel the pain. And so if you can just check this commentary in your head, then you can just be present to the situation and be here now. And it's probably not going to be that hard and not feel that bad. So that was really transformational for me, that book. It still is. Excellent. Excellent. I'm going to have to grab a read of that. I've read some of his work long time ago and uh, that's not one I've read yet. So my last question for you is, what does it mean to you to live rich from the inside out? To live rich from the inside out. For me, um, I would say that always honoring myself has helped me create um, a very rich life from the inside out because I know that every time I speak my truth, every time I honor myself, I, every time I honor my heart's real desires, I get rewarded for it immensely. Right. Sometimes the reward comes through um, abundance in my life. Sometimes the reward comes through attracting the right people. Sometimes the reward comes through letting go of the wrong people. But I have noticed I always win when I honor myself. And so for me, a life where I am being a version of myself that I don't want to be, but I'm being that way because I want to attract something or win someone or get something is actually a very poor life. A really rich life is where at the end of it, you can say, you know, I did it my way. Love like it. Like Sinatra. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Sammy, how can people stay in touch with you? Yes. I would love for people to follow me on Instagram, Sammy Wonder Coach. Um, I have a very active community of women, 15,000 plus on Facebook, on a group called Wonder Divas, W-U-N-D-E-R, Wonder Divas, where you can find me. And of course, if you um, type my name on Google, a lot is going to come up, S-A-M-I-W-U-N-D-E-R. So I'm on samiwonder.com. Fabulous. Thank you so much for coming on the Millionaire Woman Show. It has been an incredible interview. There's so many questions, more questions I could ask, um, just from question to question and learning more about the individuals you've worked with. But you have made some profound changes in people's lives, having people in committed relationships, not devaluing their worth and really going after relationships that matter. So thank you so much for bringing your talents to the world and making a difference. Thank you, Deborah. I have really enjoyed this interview. And uh, I think there's something the best out of people by the questions that you ask. So thank you for bringing an awesome host. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you everyone for joining us here on the Millionaire Woman Show. We'd love for you to go over to iTunes or your favorite podcast player, subscribe, rate, and give us a high five. And uh, we'd also like you to go over to www.debrakazowski.com where you can get your free download three-part video course right now of making habits stick so you can focus with consistency and knock some of those goals that you dream of out of the park and make them your reality. As Muhammad Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. And on behalf of Sammy and myself, go out and make today great.